Dustin here. We got rid of the lame ad starting last week, but I wanted to give a shout out to our student donor, Garrett, for contributing his Taco Bell money for the day a couple of weeks ago. Just keep sharing and subscribing to the podcast, and we'll put any charity to a good cause. Now, on to our friend, Colabite. Truth is truth. Some things are simply true. Truth is God, not your favorite social media news feed, not Google, and certainly not those who are disaffected from the church. Welcome to the TJ Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Desert Nation and the official podcast for TNComesJavelin.com. This podcast and TNComesJavelin.com are part of the Radio Free Deseret Media Network. I'm John Paul Bellum. I go by GP. I'm joined by Dustin Turner, PhD, the editor-in-chief of TNComesJavelin.com. How's it going, Dustin? Well, I'm hanging out in the bunker. I've uh, got... <laughs> Are you sitting in your bath full of uh, liquid uh, hand sanitizer? Well, and I, I took a, a a cue from our friend Haas. I've got my bandana over my face. Uh, I'm, coronavirus, nothing more. I'm atop my throne of toilet paper. Okay. Just uh, built one, and I'm I'm just doing the podcast from my throne. So, quite literally, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, um, yeah, it's been an interesting week. I think every week we get together and we're like, man, what are we going to talk about as we, as we start planning for the podcast and, and we're like, man, I don't know if anything's going to happen or if we're going to have something to talk about, but wow, today's been, today alone has been a crazy day. Um, you know, it's Thursday as we're recording this. Um, and the big story I think is the COVID-19 or the coronavirus and, uh, the church's reaction to that. Well, so you're you're right. Obviously, in in our sphere, it has to do with you know what what's going on in the world of you know uh, Latter Day Saint culture, and a lot of major news happened. A lot of um, a lot of it came down today with the the church closures, and but uh, obviously it's a worldwide panic um, at this point. It seems like everyone is at the store. There's a frenzy. Uh, I actually went to Costco today and. Uh, I Did didn't you really, yeah, I didn't buy anything. I just went there to observe and I uh, shook some people's hands. I, <laughs> I did all the, you know, we, we were spreading the love, spreading love. So, uh, no, spreading, one, spreading uh, something if you're shaking yeah. hands. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Utah's at the epicenter. Uh, I heard that, uh, mama Bellum, uh, last week was a little bit, uh, perturbed by our podcast because we said the B word. Is that right? Well, oh, <laughs> so I'm just I'm kind of wondering if you know because this all started last night. Am I allowed to say basketballs or football? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I think you'll be fine. You'll be right. fine. <clears throat> but this this is an all ages podcast, right? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> all ages loud. No, um, yeah, no. I, I I haven't had. I, I why do you think that Utah is the epicenter? I. I'm in California and I think we have more um, coronavirus cases and, and, and deaths than Cal or than Utah does. But why would you call Utah the epicenter? That's interesting. Well, I, yeah. I think, uh, I think just last night with the news of, you know, the basketball team, uh, oh, right. the Utah jazz losing their two major players and immediately the, the NBA canceled uh, or suspended the season. And shortly after thereafter, as soon as the NBA suspended, then we're getting all of the news about the NCAA tournament, baseball, every, you know, so now everyone's in their houses with nothing to do except for listen to us, right? Excellent. Perfect. And I'm sure they're glad they're listening. Right. <laughs> but then, then today the church comes out and at first it kind of starts trickling out with, um, they say it starts with BYU and the, and the church education system. They're like, well, we're going to change some class schedules. We're going to have some online adjustments. And then all of a sudden it was, 
I mean, it was boom. The church says, yep, all meetings effective immediately are canceled temporarily. And that was, that was quite the firestorm on Twitter and social media. I mean, even in my own family, on my own family chat, uh, we were talking a lot about it and, um, it's a huge deal. And, and most of, you know, I have some family in Utah, but family in other parts of the country too. And, and it's a big deal canceling church, all church meetings. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Um, it, it seemed like it was going to be headed that way simply because it didn't make sense, you know, um, for, Oh, we're going to do cancellations three weeks from now, but this week we're not. And mm-hmm. And all the questions abound and, well, why is it that I have to go to class for the next three days, but, you know, on the fourth day, I don't have to go to class. Right. Uh, that was what was going on at Utah State. I saw the messages going on at, you know, Utah State. They're like, well, why, why would I go to class tomorrow if I, you know, if it's next week? So, you know, with conference, um, yesterday was the announcement that mm-hmm. it's not going to be any audience for conference. Um, we're going to, uh, you know ratify the proclamation without any <laughs> without and, no no objections right yeah nobody's gonna oppose uh so that twitter account i mean do you remember that twitter account it was like four or five years ago where they they created a an opposed uh, twitter account yeah yeah any opposed yeah so uh-huh. i mean they're they're only going to be able to oppose on twitter and now desnat's going to be able there to we're, we're there to scare them off a little bit <laughs> no it is it started with uh with uh conference and like i said i i'd actually received uh letters from my stake presidency they were talking about you know don't worry it's at the local level right now this was like earlier today that i got this letter right right everything's going to be you know uh, directed by the church and they're going to let us keep it on a local level and we'll decide as, as things develop and then the church comes out with this announcement and not like an hour later, the stake president sends out a new letter. Uh, well, as per the first presidency in the quorum that's well, we're changing everything to comply. And, and so I think it's ca- catching a lot of people off guard. And I think when you said that Utah is the center of the panic, especially when we talk a lot about church culture, I think that's extremely accurate. If there's any people that are are supposed to be prepared for this kind of thing, it should be members of the church, right? Well, yeah. And, and it's also an interesting point about uh, church hierarchy. You know, I'm I'm here in Texas now and, you know, there's been there was a couple of cancellations of like a festival here in town um, about a week ago. But I haven't felt like the panic. Uh, We're in a warmer environment. There hasn't been any reported cases down here. Um, You know, I just I'm just going out, you know, about my day to day business Um, now with all the news today. Like I could see there was a lot more panic, but um they, they kind of left it at a local level, but at the same time, you know, our leaders, you know, board leaders, stake leaders or whatnot, our, our key holders, they're still looking to ultimately, you know, the, the mouthpiece of the church, which is our, our prophet and the apostles. Mm-hmm. But the reaction, like you said, with, you went to Costco and it was, it was pretty, pretty much normal or was it increased activity? Well, uh, what I will tell you is I was there and uh, I, the, the parking lot was completely full and it took me 45 minutes to get out of the parking lot of wow. Costco. Wow. So it was pretty brutal. And uh, yeah, all for, um, yeah, I didn't leave with anything. Hmm. Just seeing the pictures on the news and hearing about all the people going into panic mode about it. I don't know. I. I wasn't really worried about it before. Like I was, I was like, okay, this is, this is really interesting how everything's reacting and, and president Trump, you know, banned European travel to and from, and, and then the church started bringing missionaries back and it, it's just kind of escalating, um, accelerating at a rapid rate. Like it started out slow and now it's just snowballed and we're in the, we have this giant, you know, avalanche kind of coming down on us and not that, not that we're panicking, but just, that things are moving so fast. And now that all the missionaries in Europe, all the senior missionaries in Europe are coming home and any missionary that's uh, out of the United States that has any kind of minor health issue, you know, that could be in trouble is being sent home to, to be reassigned. That's a major deal. That's, that's something that's uh, someone said, I think they haven't had that many missionaries come home since world war two. And that's surprising to me. I don't know if that's true or not, but 
if it's that's if that's the scale, that's that's going to be a huge hit to the missionary department. Well, honestly, here's here's my take on it: mm-hmm. is yeah, this is all big news, and and a lot of things are happening, and and kind of everyone's going to and fro. But the fact of the matter is, all of these things are things that we are able to do or we can do. Um, we have the option of canceling church. We don't have to go to church because we have programs already in place. We have, you know, the church has got, you know, preparedness programs going back decades where, you know, they're not just commanding us as, as individuals to be prepared for whatever may happen. Right. When they are themselves being prepared. And and that's something we've seen, you know, in, in stories that came out a couple of months ago about the, the financial well-being of the church, right? <laughs> and yeah, you know, something that we're prepared for. Yeah, um, we're prepared as, as well. You know, with our home-based uh, education, with the Come Follow Me program. Now, as soon as Come Follow Me came out, there were you know speculation as well. Why? Why do we need this? Or you know, what could happen in the future that would cause us to need in-home? you know, in-home church and people say, well, maybe religious freedom or maybe. Yeah. See, I would have put my bet on that. I would have said like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to curt, they're going to curtail our religious freedoms. They're going to cut us back. We won't be able to meet the meeting houses as often. That would have been my bet, honestly. Right. Or a natural disaster. It could Mm -hmm. be anything. No, nobody ever, I never heard anyone say, well, what about a pandemic? Right. So, I mean, these things are in place. And, and the fact of the matter is, is we're able to make these, decisions right it's not like we're in a position where we have to make them we're able to make them and and i think that you know in in the end is a comforting you know comforting thing to think about i mean even i i I work with for my calling i work with the youth even the youth the youth program has changed to be where it's no it's mostly centered around the home you know the goals that those that the kids are working on they work on those with their parents mostly activities are just are just kind of a, a a part of that and so I mean, even that, even the activities or even the, the weekly activities that they would be having at church, they can have them at home. It's it's amazing to see. I mean, how quickly that I would call it that prophecy has been fulfilled. Right. Or at least those <laughs> preparations have, have paid off. Um, usually you have to wait a while. But, man, that was a quick that was a quick turnaround. So you're going to be using your circles more often, JP? Um, I <laughs> wish I could get the young men, you know, to use it more. I think it's a great tool, but I mean, as for as quick as they are to use technology, they sure have been resistant to, to using the circles, which is too it's bad. A, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. My son is actually, he's kind of jealous because, okay, so he's in the teacher's quorum with his other brother. So I got two sons in the teacher's quorum, but there's a bunch of 14 year olds and there's only two 15 year olds. And my son keeps on saying, all of my friends are priests in the new ward, right? So he says, all my friends are priests, and I wish I could be in their circles because they have fun group chat. <laughs> so, is he, uh, I know is he, that it's being used. Is he dropping some some dank memes in there? He's dropping some, well, he, he he's stealing my jokes. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Uh, he he was really proud of himself today. He came home from school and he said, and he told me the joke that he told. And I'm like, Joseph, he said, did they laugh? <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> How did the audience so, react? That's all that matters. Yeah, he was pretty... stole it. I just want to know if it's funny. <laughs> yeah. So he was happy about that. But no, I know that they're using the circles, um, at least, you know, we're in our warden. And if it may be something that, you know, you can use going forward a, a little bit better where, you know, you'll be out of touch, you know, more than you normally would be. Yeah. And I was supposed to see how that, and, and isn't it just well-timed the church released that app just before this whole thing happened? <laughs> just, man, it's pretty amazing. How, yeah. how There's no coincidences, I don't believe. I think it all happens when it happens for a reason. Well, and you know what, signs, it's something that I've been working on. There's a piece on TJ that I, I haven't released yet, but it's something that I've been working on for a while. And it's, you know, signs are for the believers, right? Mm-hmm. So we as believers, we're seeing these things come manifest and to us, it's plain. Whereas, you know, people that are still against the church, they're not suddenly getting a testimony of the church, even though all of these things are coming to pass. Signs are for us who already believe. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. So what are you doing? What are you doing personally to prepare? Are you doing anything? Are you, you haven't bought rice or toilet paper or water bottles? Well, personally, well, see, we, we you don't worry about it. So. Well, I, I'm not even in a house yet. Um, so <laughs> we're, actually, we're actually getting into our house uh, this weekend and my wife wants to go and, and uh, you know, purchase some extra food and supplies and whatnot. Uh, but right now, yeah, all of our stuff is still in boxes until this weekend. So, I mean, even if we wanted to do something, I mean, we're just, we're, we're living based of, based on our circumstances, but I mean, something that I was thinking about today, even though, um, physically, you know, we would like to be more prepared. Uh, I think just as important is, you know, being spiritually prepared, prepared mm-hmm. and, you know, our kids are in a situation where they're, I don't see them panicking. Um, you know, if, if things you know, happen that, you know, you know, we can't control every circumstance, but what we can control is, you know, our ability to be spiritually strong, uh, have faith, um, and continue, you know, along the path that, you know, is placed before us. And so I, yeah, I think it's, you know, we were talking last week about, um, the Moroni strategy and part of that is building walls. And you were talking about, you know, preaching the gospel to your own people. And you got to fortify, you got to fortify you and yours. You have to build, yeah. you have to strengthen that, that spiritually strengthen the people or else what are you fighting for? Yeah. So exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter if we live or die, if we, if we die, you know, unprepared spiritually. And so um, in, in that way, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do even, a, even a more better job, if that's a word, right. Uh, I'm do, trying to do a lot better even though, you know, I'd say that, you know, my kids are in a good spot. Um, family's in a good spot. And we're just, you know, trying to, um, you know, laugh, laugh and, and have joy as, as we go through our days. Good deal. I, I don't know. I, I've, we try to live, you know, as prepared as we can anyways. In my family, we, we, I don't know if we have necessarily a, a, a year's worth of food storage, but we have a substantial amount. We've tried to keep a, a rainy day fund together financially uh, mm-hmm. to get out of debt. I think that's most important is if you have, if you have any debt hanging over you, that's really tough. That's, mm-hmm. that's really what's, especially with the stock market doing what it's doing um, with the, there could be a recession coming up. I don't know. I'm not, that's not my field of expertise, but just any kind of preparation is not necessarily necessarily a year's supply of, of food or um, a bunch of guns and ammo, although that helps. I think it's it's financial too. It's. But I thought you lost them in a boat accident. All your food and tragically, yes, all my guns were lost in a boat yeah. accident. Officer. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, by, the yeah. For, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> for JP. Yep. for his guns. Tears. Uh, <laughs> right, right, but. Yeah, it's it's preparation in all on in all aspects. You know, if you over prepare in one area, you're neglecting somewhere else. So, so I got a couple of questions from our users online. Uh, why don't we go th- to this really quickly since we're still on the subject? Yeah. Uh, yeah. From at the True Aggie, uh, he's a great guy. I've met him. Uh, cool dude, and obviously he's an Aggie. So, hmm. shout out biased <laughs> of course <laughs> the unofficial aggie podcast with recent news how should we be implementing home-centered church-supported worship yeah that's gonna be interesting i i was talking about that with my wife a little bit and then i was thinking about what we're going to do on sundays how do you keep the sabbath day holy when you don't have to dress up and go to church do I dress up and my, and my family gets together and we, we do a miniature sacrament meeting without the sacrament? Do we play it casual and watch conference talks? I don't, I don't know yet. Like I said, this news today was breaking, so I, I haven't fully processed how my family is going to uh, make that work. But I, I would think it would be a Sabbath day like any other, just we don't go to the church. Maybe we read to talk to each other, but definitely it's going to have to be some adjustments like you say with circles why couldn't there be a gospel discussion with the with the kids in this in your son's circle or why couldn't there be a gospel discussion on social media you know why couldn't we get a a group chat together and and talk about the come follow me lesson that week i think that would be great honestly 
But I think we're going to have to start really getting in the Sabbath day mindset of what that really means. Nuts and bolts. What does keeping the Sabbath day holy when you don't have to go to church anymore, at least for temporarily, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is an interesting point. Um, well, the, the tweet that came kind of came to mind, mind right now, as you were talking was one by, um, Packer Benson. Uh, we, we, you know, call him EBP. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it's time for us to be priesthood holders. And, and so that means, you know, taking care of our home. And that means on the Sabbath, you know, leading in a way that we see fit that will, will help our family. Yeah, best. Yeah, he, and, he stole that content from me, by the way. Well, you know, that's been, happen- that's been happening a lot lately, hasn't it? People stealing content. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a whole other, that's a whole other show we could do on that. Right, I know. But, hey, our content is consecrated. It's consecrated. Right? It's consecrated to the cause, you know, so you can take this it is, and use it for your own. That's fine. This is Deseret. Uh, <laughs> so what, I mean, what he was talking about is, you know, it's up to us as, as priesthood holders. And and for us, as our personally for our family, I think that's an interesting question, whether to get dressed or not. I mean, my mission president, he talked to me about, you know, not getting undressed after church. Um, my wife has been always, uh, I, I lovingly, you know, call her Sabbath Nazi. Um, <laughs> she's been, uh, really, um, I don't want to say overbearing on the Sabbath, but, uh, faithful. She's been very faithful on the Sabbath, but what I will say it, it has been a, a blessing for us and our kids because we're able to take advantage of the entire day in, in, be spiritually ready for the week, meaning, you know, our kids are studying out of, you know, either scriptures or they're studying, uh, they're looking at gospel centered videos or uh, any number of things. And, and what that does, I feel, is it strengthens them as they go to school at the week or, or whatever tasks that they're going to do. Um, you know, by Friday, you know, we're always spiritually worn down. But if we take advantage of Sunday, then, you know, we're, we're able to make it through um, a lot better. So, I mean, I think, I think how we implement it is a, a priesthood decision. Um, but yeah, but, but you have to. There's obviously like it's the President Oaks thing of of good, better, best, right? right. So good would be just to watch uh, conference talks, right? That's pretty good. But there's right. better. You know, better would be to watch conference talks and discuss it with the Come Follow Me. And best would be. You know, maybe you do assign a talk for your kids to give, even if it's a five minute, you know, primary talk or something like that. But you you do a more full Sunday experience. I mean, if you're just going to put on living scriptures and like call that your church for the day. Right. That's that's not going to be that's not personal preparation or you're not keeping you're not maintaining that preparation during. What if you do living scriptures and you're not in your underwear? I mean, does that count? <laughs> Is that yeah, if it's a formal living. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's a personal priesthood decision, I think. No, but, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Right. Like there's different levels that I think people will either will either rise to the occasion and make it work or they're going to they're going to slough off a little bit. They're not going to take it seriously. I don't know. Because it would be easy just to be lazy and not to do the harder, you know, best, the best decisions or the best way to have that Sabbath. And that means, you know, it means best means different things to different people. It's a case by case basis. But um, I think that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make those decisions what's best for your family. Excellent. Yep. Definitely a case by case basis. Very important. <laughs> That, that is very important to, to understand. All right. So the next question I've got is from Zach Beeson. Uh, his handle is Zach Beeson 22. With the church training missionaries at home instead of the MTC due to the coronavirus, do you see this as a permanent change? Uh, my, my simple answer would be no, I don't think so. No, the church just um, put a bunch of money into redoing the MTC in Provo. Um, yeah. They did. They did close a bunch of MTCs. They're, they are condensing a bunch. Um did they did they close the one in in Mexico right that was Benemerito? I mean they they closed that right? Oh, I'm I don't think they've closed that because uh, from no they have not. Okay. Uh, I just I just had a missionary in my pre, uh, previous ward say he was going to uh, Mexico City. Okay, so I know that that was that was the 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 story for they were closing some of those down. But uh, yeah, how about the Brazil one? Remember the story about the Brazil one where the guy comes in with a knife to kill a, the MTC mission president in in Brazil? Yeah, <laughs> that crazy story. And the, and the cops are like, well, he's 
he fought us, so we shot him. <laughs> Brazilian cops, man, like <laughs> based, right? <laughs> Seriously, but anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. But it was a funny story. But um, but seriously, I I don't see how it would be permanent. I don't think this temporary. I think it's a temporary situation that we're having church at home. I think it's it's we're waiting to see the church is being overly cautious. And why would you put that many people in, in one place at the MTC? So I don't know. I I think it's temporary. I don't think it'll be permanent. Yeah, if I were to if I were to make a prediction, I would say uh, the week after conference, <clears throat> everything kind of starts ramping back up again yeah that, that is my, my own personal prediction yeah yeah no I, I would agree with that i would go with that i think as as we see the full if things get worse i mean then there's always that caveat you know if things start getting worse and we really do see things starting to you know break under stress i'm, I'm talking about like with health wise in the united states i think that could be extended longer but yeah, yeah. It, best case scenario i think I agree with you. After conference, it'll start getting back to normal. My my only other thought um, when I think about what what's been happening uh, before we move on to the, kind of the next topic is, you know, there's a possibility that you know even if it's not you know uh, a you know a, a life changing event where you know millions of people die or whatever, um, I think that there's a possibility that because of this pandemic that our life will change, you know, going forward in ways that maybe we don't, aren't seeing right now. Um, we might not live our lives the same as we did before. Kind of like the, the kind of the example I was thinking of was, you know, after nine 11, right. Um, anybody who's younger than, you know, 25 doesn't remember what it's like to have, you know, 70 year old grandma not get accosted by the, by airport security. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that there's going to be some semblance of that where um, there's going to be a lot more abundance of, of caution in some ways, or, you know, moving towards a society that is more um, homebound or, you know, uh, other things. I don't, I don't care to predict what's going to happen, but I think that more than anything, I don't know if there's going to be this great, um, great harm in society. I think that there will be changes. So interesting. So you think and, that things will fundamentally change to where we're just going to act differently to because of it. So like stopping shaking hands, we're going to stop meeting and, and you think we're going to stop going into mass football games or basketball games. I mean, what, what do you think? I, I like I said, I, I I don't know, but I just kind of get that feeling that something's there's going to be a lot a lot of things that may be different. We might not prioritize, you know, going out in in large masses. You know, um, we might, you know, find the next month or six weeks, you know, where we're all quarantined, yeah. in you know, in our in our bathrooms with our toilet paper. Mm -hmm. um, we might like it. So <laughs> I mean, I. You might dig, I really don't you know. Might dig this extra online life, huh? <laughs> right. I mean, I I don't care to predict, but I think that that that's that's the possibility. I I really don't know if we're going to see millions of deaths, or we're going to see all these sick people. We're going to see, you know, that you know it's going to be catastrophic in that in that sense. But I do think that there's a possibility that you know things might change. Um, maybe for the better. Maybe maybe for the worse. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it could be. I, I think, I think we're pretty resilient, though. I don't think we're. I think we're pretty stuck in our ways as human beings. I think we we're creatures of habit, and so we stick to those things that are easy and that are, is is the path of least resistance. And so I think there are things that could change, but I don't know. I, I we'll see what the political landscape looks like in a couple of years. We, we'll see what the that could be different too. And so how the world changes fundamentally and reacts to this kind of stuff. It, you just don't know long-term what, what we're looking at. I don't know. The The point is in the meantime, be prepared, right? You do the, do the preparation and maintain, maintain what you have. Um, part of that Moroni strategy is, is Moroni didn't just leave armies to just, or cities just defend themselves. He resupplied the cities. You know, he, he moved armies around to help them. So we go to where there's a need and we help fill that need and, and strengthen those people who need strengthening. I, I think that's what we're going to have to do moving forward with, with ministering families, with 
um, callings in the church. You know, I check up, maybe there's less, you meet only a couple times a month instead of every week for youth activities. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my in my old home state of Washington, uh, where I just came from, it, it's interesting to kind of see what's going on there. To to me, the the, the entire state is in a state of emergency. Um, my brother just told me today that they, that, you know, he's going to lose his job at least temporarily, and just because he works in Seattle and everything's closing down, right? Um, and I was getting emails from my old bishop about, you know, they they've been canceling activities for two weeks right now, um, so they've already been in this mode, you know, for two weeks uh, while we're just kind of getting into it today. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be uh, interesting to watch. So, interesting, to say the least interesting is going to be. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm trying to be, I, I'm, I'm keeping a positive attitude on this. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm extremely happy that, you know, I can make additional Taco Bell runs because I've got this whole board chest of toilet paper. <laughs> you're, you're not worried about important. a thing, are you? Nope, not a bit. So. <laughs> Good for you. So, uh, story of the week. Uh, do you want to go into this, buddy? Yeah, I want to. What I thought was a really good um, summary of strategy i pull this up real quick was was uh published six days ago so it was basically the day friday the day after we we recorded our last podcast when the last one dropped and it was um say nothing but repentance by golden boy and i think this is is kind of been on social media not necessarily a motto but it's more or less been a strategy general strategy that we've used to to talk to people um he talks about wanting people so you go online on twitter and people want to talk and debate right but there's things that you can't debate about because a lot of debate is you're trying to get concessions you're trying to get compromises you're trying to get people to see things the way you see them and you just can't do that with the gospel of jesus christ it's just not possible because you can't compromise away eternal truths and so many people want you to compromise on that and want you to say well if you can give me, if you can give me, you know, gay marriage, I can give you, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. And so they'll, they'll debate it as if it's something that can be changed. And, mm-hmm. and direct quote for me says, however, the doctrine of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a distinctive advantage of being true, having the fullness of the restored priesthood of Christ with living prophets to guide his church and his people. So to them entering these debates in some cases is you're losing just as, just because you're entering into them. Because right. you're already saying, well, this is negotiable. This is debatable. When the prophet speaks, it's not. You know, when the church has said this is doctrine, it's not debatable. And I think we've seen that recently in, in at BYU and with the honor code. There were people who thought, well, hey, this stuff is negotiable. There's, there's give and take here or there's, there's ways we can change, um, you know, the behavior that's acceptable to God and, and what isn't. And I think – Knowing that when you go onto Twitter, when you go into social media, and when you are looking to debate, then you're looking to lose. Um, the second part um, that is just like that. He says, when you enter into debate with somebody, when they request to debate you, they want to disarm you. When you do want to debate them, you disarm yourself. You make yourself and the gospel look weak and lame, which is what Golden Boy would say. The people right. you're talking to do not want an in good faith debate. This is a lie they use to bait you into playing into their narrative, and it is not effective to call them on it. The only relevant narrative is the true and living gospel. And as I've gone, as and I, I didn't really think about hammering or nailing down the strategy that I use as that, but he perfectly put it into words what I, I think a lot of us already do. It's like, listen, we're going to preach the gospel at you and sometimes use funny memes, you know? And right. we don't care if you like it or not. We don't care if you get angry with us or not, but this is the truth and deal with it. I don't know. What do you think? Well, so listening to you talk about that kind of reminds me, um, there's a, a political commentator that I listen to and, and he's always compared talking or, or this is the way he keeps friends is he's got a closed hand, which means anything in that hand is non-negotiable, right? I'm not even debating it. 
nothing, right? And you have an open hand where things that can be compromised. And so in, in my opinion, gospel doctrine is my closed hand. That's, these are truths that cannot be compromised. And a lot of times we're debating, there's a difference between debating doctrine, right? Truths that can't be, that can't be compromised and, you know, whether or not, uh, it, it, you know, such and such a policy is good, whether or not we should, like you were talking about, well, should we meet four times a week on uh, four times a month for young men's or twice a month? Like those are the kinds of things that within, you know, church structure, you know, you can talk about, you can compromise, you can debate. Um, but gospel doctrine, it, you know, th- those are immovable truths. Right. And uh, I think that that's kind of where, we're, we're seen as they say, well, you're, you guys are Pharisees or you guys um, are, are um, you know, too strict or, or, or whatnot. And that's because they want to debate things that aren't up for debate. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, what, what he's talking about is basically, you know, tell them, you know, tell them to repent and move on. Right. I, I think a lot of times maybe we're guilty of not moving on. <laughs> uh I don't think we have a problem telling people to repent, <laughs> right? But right. Um, uh, at some point, you just have to, you know, live with the fact that you did what you could. Um, you've made your peace known, and you've got to move on. Um, some people say that that's dusting your feet off. Uh, it doesn't have to be made official, but I mean, really, that's what you do. You just turn around and you say, "I've borne my testimony. This is this is the truth," um, and that's basically all there is to say. Yeah, and it- you know, but to continue to continue debating really doesn't do anybody any good. And in some cases, your memes are your testimony, right? Yes. There's a famous person who said that. (laughs) Yeah. Who is that? Yeah. (laughs) A a famous masked knife person. (laughs) And and I think it's true. I, you know, you can put it down into, you can put it in the memes and you can put it in the graphic. I mean, like, I don't mean like a a graphic image, but I mean, you know, a, a picture, with words labels on it. And it, it's just as true because you're teaching just as true as the testimony at the pulpit. And I think that disengagement is saying, listen, I'm my refusal to debate you is not you winning. It's me saying, no, this is non-negotiable. Exactly. Um, exactly. At the end of the piece, he says, it is important to be fluent in the scriptures, to know the doctrine and to be able to answer questions, but to get bogged down in petty debates is debasing. We don't need to debate how Jesus would have felt about certain issues because we have his own words and the words of his servants at our fingertips. I think it's so true how we, we start turning into these Bible bashes, which don't really go anywhere because we're Bible bashing with our own, you know, members of the church that are just, you know, members that, that supposedly believe just like we do, but we turn into Bible bashing with them when we actually have the words of the prophets right in front of us that have said, you know, this is what they've said. Why can, how can you even argue this? but they can. Well, exactly. I mean, I think it says a lot when people say, well, you know what? Don't, don't quote to me the scriptures or don't quote to me the prophets. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and on the program yesterday, let's go ahead and steal some content from Haas since, you know, that's what he likes to do. <laughs> uh, free country. Hey, it's but, no, it's it, consecrated. <laughs> yeah. Right. He took away my freedom of speech by deleting my comments, by the way, but <laughs> Uh, so anyway, what I will say is he made an excellent point that the word of God is our weapon. And you were talking about that, uh, two weeks ago where, uh, about weaponizing the, the proclamation. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's a weapon is because it is the word of God and it cuts straight to the core. And there really is no debating because we rely on it. And they say, well, you know, we have science now. And that is, that's actually what the problem is. Or we have, you know, modern opinion or we have, new evidence right and and so they don't want to debate the word of god right and and so i i I think that is basically a clear you know a clear-cut way for us to see and discern and say well these people don't want to actually hear the truth because they're setting the rules that you know they're setting the rules that you know we can't use the words of the prophet that reminds me of um the uh we call him the proclamation reader because man it's he's just so iconic but it also appeared on your on TN Comes Javelin on was it Saturday or was it Sunday? Marcus is Sunday Marcus's Sunday morning. Oh, by the way, if, yes. you, if you want to see uh, Golden Boy's piece, it's on TN Comes Javelin. 
and he's uh, Coconut LaCroix D on Twitter. And if you are a single Mediterranean girl, he would like you to DM him. Anyway, so... Don't judge him for dr- drinking LaCroix either. <laughs> I mean... So he is a six foot five millionaire. He's a six, he's six and a half foot millionaire. But but Marcus's right. piece that he put out of his experience um, reading the proclamation at the protests of BYU, he says something similar to what Golden Boy says. He says many evil intended apostates are using kindness and compassion as a gateway to subvert the church to their own philosophies of modernity. That's the debate. Like, hey, listen, let's be kind. Let's let's create a dialogue, right? Like that's that's the line they always say. Let's. Let's start a dialogue and talk about this. Or you need to be quiet and listen to people's, you know, learned experience. It's like, well, no, we can't enter that dialogue because you're subverting the church. You're, you're getting away from what the truth is and replacing it with your own. And he says, they believe that through social action and societal pressure, they will bend the will of the brethren, whom they believe are not directed by God, but rather old men out of touch with the brave new world they're trying to bring to pass. And that's just right in line with what Golden Boy is talking about and just kind of in line with what I think the general strategy needs to be for those of us on Twitter and social media is these people, they want to engage the dialogue so they can excuse what they want to get done, what their agenda is. And just hold firm. You know, you know, we know the doctrine. We need to know the scriptures. We need to know the doctrine, what the prophets are saying so we can stand firm on it. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty simple. Um, it sounds like it's almost like a cheat code, right? It's not fair. And I think that's really, no, really. I mean, I think that's what happens every six months at at general conference. They're expecting something to change and, and there are everlasting and unchanging truths. And and we're like, we already know what's going to happen. And, and so it's not even, it's not even worth fighting about, but there ends up being a lot of disappointed people. uh, It feels like every six months. Um, and it's kind of nice not to be one of those because we don't rely on we're relying we're relying on an ever knowing and, and all knowing and everlasting God. Do you think that's and, why the family and, proclamation makes them so angry, though? Do you think that's why, like, when you hold it up, it's 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 really like a, a, a cross to a vampire, you know, because it is it's it's just plain spoken doctrine that's that it can't be argued with. It's it's right there in the text. No. You can't argue with it. Yeah, I don't know if we were going to talk about this really, and so just to touch on it a little bit, because I think it's something we want to talk about more in depth, but in reality, it, we talked about it a little bit last week about people holding up their idols, mm-hmm. right? And and it's people serving two gods, and it's people having another idol, or it's people actually worshiping another religion, um, you know, in, in many ways. Uh, progressivism is a religion um and and so uh to to hold up the the scripture uh scripture that they reject right um is basically spitting in the face of their new religion or their new god and so that's kind of my opinion of it of why they get so mad yeah because because when we when you refuse to, to debate you're refusing to meet them on equal ground and that's on equal ground that's what they want because then they can start pushing their agenda and, you know, making excuses. So no, I, I thought that, that, you know, that we hadn't talked about his Marcus's piece, but it's up there too. Um, I recommend anybody read it because it's, it's amazing. It's well-written. Um, English is not his first language, but it is well-written and you get it from his perspective. And go and check out uh, tncomsjavelin.com. Um, it's been a, an extraordinarily busy week. Uh, lots of people have written um, new contributors. Um, I've got uh, eight new pieces that are waiting to be published. Um, I get people emailing me every day now. They want to they write and they want to give their opinions and they want to bear their testimonies. I've got people wanting to do all sorts of things. So, so check it out. Um, here we are in the, we're, we're not even to the middle of March and we've already had more traffic this year than we did all of last year. So uh, it's been a great thing and, and we continue to grow and, and we appreciate all of your support. Are you ready for, are, we, are you ready for tweets? And <laughs> yeah, you said no singing though. So I'm kind of bummed, but I'll try to do it without singing. No singing. Um, <laughs> what if I, what if I, oh sing, yeah. Well, I sing like Hoss? I, I'm trying to, well, yeah. <laughs> but we're not the comedy no, show. We're, so. Oh man, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're straight news. That's right. <laughs> we give it straight. 
and unfettered. So yeah, go ahead. Do do as you will. <laughs> I'm, not, week. I'm not gonna sing it. But um so it's always like I said, like last week when we started this, it's always hard to pick one. So we'll we'll, we'll cover a couple and, and see how it goes. But um uh Jaywin Clark uh on Twitter, he started a thread or a, with a hashtag that was uh, hashtag Desnat a primary song. And this other account, uh at real John underscore Taylor came up with this one and it's to the, the tune, you know, I will go, I will do. It said the Lord commanded Nephi to cut off Laban's head. Nephi didn't want to man's blood. He'd never shed taught by the spirit to wield a Bowie knife. Tis worse to lose the scriptures than Laban lose his life. I will go. I will do. And I, I read that. And I cracked up so hard. I thought it was really good. That was funny. And then there was a lot of, if you look up Des, you know, hashtag Desnat a primary song, there's a ton of good ones on there. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to participate in that, and uh, so uh, props to JRC for for starting that hashtag. And then you have you have one. Uh, yeah, so I'll go with. Uh, let me start with this one. Uh, I'm going to mention him again at the True Aggie. Oh man, uh, and his tweet is love this week. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone changed their name to Aggie. <laughs> right. So, uh, no, he had a great tweet. It was, why pay? Uh, okay, so um, somebody had, uh, Caroline had made a tweet. Hey, I'm selling toilet paper for $20 a roll. DM me for more information as a joke. And uh, True Aggie said, why pay that much when I could just subscribe to the Salt Lake Tribune? <laughs> uh, so, True Aggie out there. Um Soiling the the already soiled uh, the our enemy the Salt Lake Tribune Man, and, uh, and, as and You saw the article this week. We got mentioned in right. I mean, not you and me specifically, but but Desnat was mentioned in that in, in an article in, in Salt Lake Tribune this week. That's the first time we've been mentioned in, in Salt Lake Tribune. Well, yeah, and and you know, for their mention, we will uh, happily. Uh, you know, damn them all to hell. So <laughs> here's, here's okay. And kind of a serious side note. I, I didn't know if you want to get into this or not, but <laughs> professor brow aside, right. We're not going to get into that tonight, but the yeah. alt right claims, why do you think we're always called alt right by people who don't understand us or people who, who want to fight against us? Uh, it's lazy. Yeah. Uh, to me, to me, it's really lazy. Um, it's, it really shows um, a lack of intellect, to be honest, to, to, to say that. Um, and and people who use the, the word alt-right without uh, really understanding what it really is, it just kind of shows their intellectual Im- immaturity mm-hmm. um, and, and honestly, meanness. They're, they're not they're, – they're, they're wanting everyone to be nice, and they're wielding a sword – that um, is unnecessary to wield. Yeah, I think they're trying to poison the well on on what we could be doing. And so by getting the word out, alt-right out there and always hammering us as, oh, you guys are alt-right. It's like, no, all we do is talk about the doctrines of the church and defend it, sometimes with memes. But to them, that's the same thing as the alt-right. <laughs> and so to claim that the alt-right, quote-unquote, we're making, you know, the alt-right doesn't, we're making death threats, is just ridiculous. I, we hate the alt-right. The alt-right hates us because we're members of the church because we believe what we believe. And so because of that, there's no relationship there at all. And well, it's kind of, it's kind of like Blair, uh, Blair, what's his face? The, the, the bald one (laughs) that, uh, continues to call me a xenophobe, even though my direct family members are all immigrants so it doesn't make sense uh but i hear it all the time uh you're all right and i'm like okay uh you know why do we have to start on a lie it and and that's how you know we're going back to the golden boys thing they're not there to debate Mm -hmm. good faith and if they're not there in good faith then um they'll give you a clue Right. right away and i think the all right thing is you know out and out a clue that they really don't care about an honest right. debate so uh you get one more tweet okay so this is from one of my my favorite accounts on twitter it's at lds beard shame on you lds we're, we're updating that now we're not lds anymore so it's at lds beard j beardy he said this was just today 
He said, it's official. Church is canceled because Corona is against the word of wisdom. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a very, very punny, very good and uh, very witty tweet. I, I thought that was pretty good. We enjoy the puns. They make good, uh, they make mm-hmm. good memes. So uh, all puns are accepted in Deseret. <laughs> they're all yeah. Right? They're all equally loved. So uh, my last tweet: it's a late admission. It's a late admission uh, by Hank R. Smith. Oh, we love and, Hank. And uh, normally we don't. We, we love <laughs> Hank. He gets a lot of, he gets gets a lot lot of attention. attention. He doesn't need more attention. Yeah, he doesn't need more attention. But we're going <laughs> to give him some love. And his tweet was, "What sort of emergency would possibly? Uh, what sort of emergency would you possibly need a hundred billion dollars for?" <laughs> uh, very pithy, uh, very straight Make to the point, and uh, yeah, cuts like a knife. So, uh, all the people that were complaining about our stash, uh, he's, cry he's more, couple, right? He's had, <laughs> cry he's a little bit. Good ones this week. The, earlier, I think it was either yesterday or the day before. He said the coronavirus was sent to stop NICMO at BYU. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, no NICMO at BYU. Hank is, so Hank is getting spicy. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, Hank. You know, we're just waiting for him to tag his next tweet. Uh, Desnat. <laughs> He's gonna hate us we'll, for saying uh, this, but that's you know. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we'll bring him into the fold. <laughs> we'll hug him. We'll we'll show him what that's love right. is. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so. Uh, excellent tweets this week. We had a lot of great submissions and uh, bring the heat, bring the heat and we'll get you on next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Got anything else for us? Dustin? So uh, yeah. yeah, let's, uh, let's get, a couple, let's get a couple of reader questions. Okay. Uh, actually let's do one, one reader okay. question. Uh, let me see. Uh, it's kind of a fun one. It's from at Ward Preacher, Brett Jensen. Oh, love Brett. Uh, yep. Brett is actually our top contributor. He he contributes a satire piece every single week uh, without fail. Uh, he's, he's just a writing machine. And then once a month, every first Friday of the month, he does a, a Come Follow Me piece. Um, so his, his uh, submission this week, his satire... Uh, was about uh, a cannibal who was just looking for love. <laughs> and um, he wanted to eat our friend, Fat Mike. So uh, it was an allegedly. excellent piece. <laughs> allegedly, yes. Our, our, our allegedly eat or allegedly our friend? Uh, yeah. Allegedly our... <laughs> or allegedly fat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just alleged about that. I think that's pretty well established. <laughs> And not allegedly apostate. He is definitely an apostate. <laughs> so, uh, Brad's question here is: What is your favorite meme? Mine, honestly, it's uh, it's the Brigham Young did nothing wrong. Um, I actually wrote a piece on it at, for TN Comes Javelin that was a little more serious. That kind of kind of discussed what what the meme was about. But that's honestly my favorite one because it's it's endlessly fun to drop that on people and watch progmo's brains just kind of like melt and they start thinking well no he, he he did this and he was a fallible and it's like dude it's it's a mean you know calm down but to watch them just freak out or saying hey brigham young did nothing wrong and the whole point of it is yeah he's he was he was a man but he was also the prophet of god and uh that meme for me has just been indispensable i love it it's my favorite meme and yeah I, yeah i mean i guess i did originate it but that's <laughs> a little bit of a pat on my own back, but, but, uh, it's my favorite meme. How about you? Well, that's kind of what I wanted to, I, I wanted to ask you. So yeah. And the other thing that you've told me is that it doesn't just upset our progressive friends. It kind of upsets our, uh, our fundamentalist friends. It, it, it upsets a lot oh, of yeah, people. The, so. the snuff rights, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they don't like that. I mean, they, they, they can't, I mean, that's, they, they get so hung up on that that they can't. No, no, <laughs> Brigham Young is, and so it's it's an important sticking point for a lot of people. If Joseph Smith was a prophet of the Restoration, then you also have to believe that Brigham Young, you know, is a prophet not of the Restoration but of the rest, you know, of a Restoration. So, and they can't. They have a hard time processing that. So, yeah, we we believe firmly that Joseph Smith left the keys with the 12 apostles before he died. And so um, the, the keys were with Brigham Young as, as the senior member of the mm-hmm. 12 apostles. And um, that's very important. 
to, to understand because if not, there's plenty of breakoff sects, right? Um, that, that have gone their own ways. So when I was thinking about the favorite meme, um, I was actually thinking about, you know, the graphics. So um, my, a couple of my favorites are, um, I like the, the Brigham Young um, where he's, you know, I guess he's uh, looking on at Mountain Meadows Massacre and he's got <laughs> his, his hands to his face. I, that, I really like that one. I don't know who made that one. I, probably Adam, right? Um, um, no. Okay, so that one, I could tell you the origin of this one. We had um, another artist. I'm not sure he wants to be outed, but uh, um, we had another uh, artist. You and I had dinner with him. Let me just put it that way. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, he he made the Brigham Young face. It's called the. It's it's a variation of the feels good meme, and uh, yeah. so he drew the Brigham. He actually used like, someone's hands as a model, and he drew those hands on Brigham Young's face, and he uploaded it, and then I put it on the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Yeah, it's. I love that meme. Um, I love the other one. Uh, the the one Adam did with the. Uh, the uh, Navu expositor getting barbecued. <laughs> yeah, that that one's very good. Um, and then my own personal one that I've done, my favorite one um, that I've made myself was probably my first one um, was during, it was actually during the uh, October 2018 conference. Um, it was before I'd ever used the, the hashtag Desnat. Oh, you've come but, so far. Uh, president. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I think it's what got me noticed, uh, actually. But uh, President Oaks gave his talk and there were heads exploding uh, during the talk. And I did the Elmo meme where there's a bomb off in the fire. <laughs> and I put President Oaks, I put President Oaks head as the bomb. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really into that Elmo meme. So um, it's, it's actually my header on my on my Twitter feed. So uh, that's probably my favorite one. I, I just made a new meme today. So go and check out my feed. Um, I couldn't submit it as tweet of the week, but it, our, you know, our memes are like our some children, work. Dustin. <laughs> we love them all. <laughs> we, 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 we call we cultivate them. We teach them. We, we right, right. them we're getting better. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to improve yeah, daily. Right. Line upon our line, memes. right? <laughs> yes. Meme exactly. upon meme. So, well, it's been a great week, JP. Man, I can't wait to see uh, what comes up next. One, like every week I say, we, we we have no idea what's coming up next. We always think, what are we going to talk about for the, the podcast? Whew, and the Lord provides. Exactly. He'll, he'll keep providing and we'll keep on memeing. So. Um, and until next week, make sure to visit us at tncomsjavelin.com. We got plenty of content there. Um, like us on Facebook, uh, follow us each on Twitter, uh, at JP Bellum. I'm at the DS, I'm sorry, the DMT 1232. And until next week. Until next week. Bring him down do nothing wrong. Truth is truth. Some things are simply true. The arbiter of truth is God. Not your favorite social media news feed. Not Google. And certainly not those who are disaffected from the church. of men. If men are really humble, they will realize that they discover but do not create truth. Many now claim that truth is relative and that there is no such thing as divine law or a divine plan. Such a claim is simply not true. Some things are simply true. Some things are simply true. Some things are simply true. There is a difference between right and wrong. 
truth is based upon the laws God has established for the dependability, protection, and nurturing of His children. Eternal laws operate in and affect each of our lives, whether we believe them or not. Some things are simply true. 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 We are commanded to teach truth. In doing so, sometimes we are accused of being uncaring as we teach the Father's requirements for exaltation in the celestial kingdom. But wouldn't it be far more uncaring for us not to tell the truth, not to teach what God has revealed? It's precisely because we do care deeply about all of God's children that we proclaim His truth. Some things are simply true. 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 Exaltation is not easy. The requirements include a focused and persistent effort to keep God's laws and rigorously repenting when we don't. But the reward for doing so is far greater than anything we can imagine because it brings us joy here and happiness hereafter. Some things are simply true. 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 Some things are simply true.